Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You are listening to the Technical Foul Podcast for Monday, July 30th, 2018. I'm your host, Manny Fresh. And uh, yes, I, uh, I'm back from a much needed uh, two week break from the podcast. Um, it was kind of an unannounced break. Um, I wasn't I was only going to take a week off. I had kind of planned this in my head that I was going to take a week off, but um, it ended up being two weeks Um you know, spend some time with the family and I didn't go anywhere. I didn't like go out of town. I didn't take a real vacation, unfortunately. No, no, no. That, that doesn't come till December. Maybe if everything goes right, but, um, no real vacation, just took a little break from the podcast. Um, kind of situating some stuff with the name of the new, you know, the new name, the new logos, which I'll have an announcement for, um, at the end of the show, but, uh, just getting some stuff, uh, some in-house stuff situated on the podcast and, um, just decided to take a little break. Um, I was only going to do one week, but you know, cause the wife went to Vegas, uh, two weeks ago with her friends. So I kind of knew that that weekend was going to kind of not be a weekend where I was going to be able to do the podcast. Obviously I have my kids. So, um, just decided that weekend I wasn't going to do the show. So I already had to kind of plan that in my head. And then last weekend, or this past weekend, yesterday, mainly, um, or Saturday, I had a chance to do the podcast, and I just decided um, not to, um, kind of decided to take another week off just to recharge the battery, um, you know, make you guys miss me for a change. I know you guys all miss me, of course. But uh, no, so I just decided to take, a, you know, an extra week off, and, uh, you know, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to do a show. Um, I was going to actually wait till Sunday 
to do a show, but or next Sunday to do the show. But I figured, you know what? I, I got a lot of stuff. That's the thing when you take breaks from like doing a podcast or a show. It's like the sports world is is year round. So it's like even even like the slow dead part of the year, like it's still news. There's still stuff coming out. So. Uh, you know, you take a week off or you take two weeks off. I mean, it's like you feel like you missed out on so much. I mean, the last time I came at you guys were was Monday, the Monday before the All-Star game. So it's a solid two weeks. And it feels like so much has gone on in those two weeks, man. But uh yeah, I'm back, man. Back with the show. I'm glad to be back. Always excited to be on the air talking to you guys, man. Um, You guys know that how much I love this and and uh as long as as long as people listen and continue to listen, I will continue to do this podcast. So, yeah, man, I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. I had so much shit to get off my mind and my chest that uh, I definitely had to jump on a pod this week. So, I uh, hope you guys enjoy. Um, I, so much news to get to. Like I said, I, I'll start with the you know the trade deadline because it is tomorrow at four o'clock. I, I believe it's still four o'clock. I, I was getting confused between three o'clock and four o'clock. And, um, so it's, it's always weird, but, um, yeah, uh, MLB trade deadline. I get it confused with the other trade deadlines. That's why I'm like some, cause some trade deadlines, I think the NBA one is three o'clock. I think the baseball one's four o'clock. I, if I'm not, I could be having these all confused, but neither, uh, you know, either way, be that as it may, uh, the MLB trade deadline, uh, the non-waiver trade trade deadline is tomorrow, um, at four o'clock. Um, of course, that doesn't always mean that trades get done by then, because as you guys know, who are who follow the sport, um, you know, trades get done in August, the waiver wire period uh, in August. So um, doesn't always mean that trades, you know, all trades will be done by July 31st or August 1st that, you know, there's still trades that can happen. Um, guys clear waivers and et cetera. But the non waiver trade deadline is is tomorrow. And uh a lot of moves, a lot of moves. I think the first kind of official shot, I mean, well, no, because uh, we had some deals in June, but I, like of the trade season per se, the big name obviously was Manny Machado. That was kind of the first move. That was the first opening shot, bell, whatever you want to call it, um, of this trade season. The Dodgers uh, acquiring Manny Machado. Um, I, I thought it was a good move for them. I didn't get a chance to talk about it Um you know, the week of, obviously, because I was, I was, you know, I didn't do a show, but um, I thought it was a good move for the Dodgers. I mean, they lost Seager, so they needed a shortstop in the worst way. They weren't getting a lot of production from that position from the guys that they had filling in. So why not go out and get a guy like Manny Machado? Um, I know there's still some, you know, there's a lot of people within this, the, the sport that think that, you know, the, the Dodgers probably won't resign Machado. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out. First of all, it's very rare that the Dodgers have a starting shortstop in Corey Seager, a guy who's a pretty good baseball player, an all-star, a guy who's been highly touted, top prospect, has come up, has lived up to those expectations for the most part. I, I Even though I think he's a little overrated, I mean, when Corey Seager came up, I mean, people were talking about him as the next Cal Ripken, and he hasn't quite lived up to those expectations, but he's been a pretty good. Like, he's been a pretty good baseball player. He's He's been an all-star, so he's been as advertised for the most part. But it's very rarely that you lose a guy like Corey Seager, you know, a star, not a superstar, but a star, good player, very good player, a, a cornerstone player, I would say, on a team. And then you get to upgrade that guy. You, and then you lose that guy for an, with an injury for the season. You know, you had Tommy John surgery on his elbow. And then you upgraded that position with arguably a better player. Think about it. The Dodgers lose Corey Seager 
And a lot of times when you lose guys like that, you don't just get an opportunity to trade for a guy like Manny Machado. I mean, usually you get a, a, a lower level, a lower level player, a guy who's not exactly as good as the guy that you replaced, but can, can fill that need, can fill that hole. The Dodgers arguably, they kind of got a better player than Corey Seager and Manny Machado. So, um, and I don't think anybody in the baseball world would argue that, that Manny Machado was better than Corey Seager. So the Dodgers, a huge upgrade at that position. And if they're ever able to resign him, I, and I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, the Dodgers did, I mean, I, I don't get into the whole prospect rankings and who's who and who's what, uh, you know, I'm not smart enough to, I mean, I follow it just like any other baseball fan. I, I know the big name prospects, but I can't tell you guys in double in single a, I, I just, I'm, I'm not, I'm not capable of, I'm not Keith. I'm not capable of that. I'm not Keith law. I'm not, you know, I'm not those guys that study it, that that's their job to follow every single minor league organization. For all we know, the Dodgers gave up a bunch of stiffs. And for all we know, the Dodgers gave up two really good players and other two that have a potential. They gave up four prospects total. Uh, two of them could end up being great. Two of them can end up being bums. All four can end up being bums. All four can end up being great. I mean, we don't know. We don't know. I, it's, 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 it's Russian roulette with these trades, with these prospects. So, um, as far as we know, um, you know, so as far as we know, I mean, that's 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 it. So um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a good move for the Dodgers and I wouldn't rule them out completely of re-signing Machado. I think that uh, if he goes out and he balls and he's played OK, he hasn't, you know, exactly lit the world on fire. He's got some good. He's got some good hits. I mean, he's gotten his hits. I mean, Machado's ha- was having a monster year before he got to the Dodgers. So his numbers are still really good. I wouldn't say he's tearing it up for the Dodgers, but he's he's been OK. Um, if he if he balls out. You know, the next two months and into the postseason and the Dodgers won a World Series. And, you know, I could see the Dodgers, you know, I don't think they're slam dunks to resign them. But I mean, you, you always have to count the Dodgers in because the Dodgers have money. The Dodgers have more money than they could burn at this point. So, you know, I don't think they care about necessarily going out there and investing a long term contract in Manny Machado. I think he's the type of guy that they would probably do it for. Um and, you know, they have some money coming off those books. So, you know, it's not going to be I know that they do have to pay uh, Kershaw. Kershaw is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. But, you know, the Dodgers, I don't think the Dodgers are in a financial stranglehold where they can't make that commitment if they wanted to. So um, it's going to be interesting. And, and of course, they could always move Machado the third. I know he's been adamant that he doesn't want to play third base. But when you give a guy three hundred million dollars and you say, hey, you're going to play third base, the guy's going to play third base. Like, But I don't think so. I mean, I think I think in that situation, I think they probably would move C to third. I mean, they, they have options there. I mean, they could move, they can move Justin Turner to first base. They could, um, they could obviously move Seager to third and Machado to keep keep Machado at short, at short, or they can move Machado to short to, I'm stumbling over here. I'm, I'm a little rusty guys. Sorry. Uh, they can move Machado, Machado. They can move and I'm Hispanic. That's the worst part. They can move Machado to third base and keep Seager at short and then probably just move Turner to either second or first. I mean, there's, 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 there's ways they can configure it, but, um, but I, you know, we will have to worry about that in November and December and, and during the offseason. But, um, I, I thought it was a good move for the Dodgers. I mean, I, I don't think you can blame the Dodgers, uh, for making that move. Um, he was, you know, to get a guy like Manny Machado at the trade deadline. I mean, you almost have to do it if you're a contending team and you have a need at that position, especially. I think you have to do it. I mean, you almost you almost have to do it. So um, good move by them. Um, I, I 
The Dodgers have played well, really. I mean, this is a team that started 10 games, you know, started very badly. They, you know, they were 10 games under 500 at one point. Now they're, what, 12 or 13 games over, I believe. Um, just an amazing turnaround that they've had. I still have questions about their starting rotation. I don't love their starting rotation. I mean, it seems like it's the same thing every year with the Dodgers. I, I just don't I don't love that starting rotation, you know, outside of Kershaw. And we all know Kershaw's had his issues in the postseason. And now with the back and everything like that, I just don't love that rotation outside of Kershaw. Who do you trust in that rotation? Alex Wood, you know, Ryu. I mean, I, that rotation's, uh, I, you know, buyers beware with that rotation. I, I, I do not love that rotation at all in a postseason series. And their bullpen hasn't been as good as it's been the last uh, few years. Um, I think they miss Brandon Morrow. I think, uh, you know, Jansen's been, you know, Jansen hasn't had the same dominant-like year that he's had in the past. He's blown some saves early. He's been better lately, but, you know, Jansen hasn't been the lights-out guy that he's been in the past, but he's still very good, and I still, for the most part, would trust him if I'm a Dodger fan. But outside of Jansen, I mean, everybody else in that bullpen's a question mark. So, you know, I, I think the question marks still remain with the Dodgers. Uh, if that pitching staff, is that pitching staff good enough in a seven game series to win them a title? And we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, the other moves, the Yankees uh, you do what the Yankees do. I mean, they made two really good moves. Uh, they got Britain mostly to keep him out of out of the Red Sox and the Astros hands but they also did have a need they needed another left-hander in that bullpen in the worst way uh the guy that they had in there i think it was Shreve was just terrible so the Yankees could have they needed the addition in the worst way and they went out and got Zach Britton and it doesn't sound like they gave up much to get him uh Dylan Tate I know Dylan Tate's highly touted but he's also a guy that's been traded twice in a you know in a span of what a year so uh, you know, I don't know. That always worries me when when guys are you know such ballyhooed, overhyped. You know what I mean? Like guys that are overhyped prospects, they usually don't get traded that many times within a calendar year. Um, a lot of times it's circumstance, but you know, I, I don't know. That that would concern me if I'm an Oriole fan. But you know, they didn't really give up much to to get Dylan or to get uh, Zach Britton, Dylan Tate. Um, I forgot who else they got. Oh shit, I forgot the other prospect that they got, McKinney. Um, so, I mean, you know, they got pieces back. We'll see what, what happens with those guys. Hopefully for the Orioles, Dylan Tate matriculates into something. McKinney uh, becomes something. Who knows? You know, like I said, whoever, you know, who knows with these prospects? It, it's Russian roulette. It's Russian roulette, really. So um, the Orioles traded Britain, and the Yankees also made a, made a deal to get J.A. Happ. Um, I know a lot of Yankee fans are fucking butthurt because Jay Happ is in a Cy Young Award winner that the Yankees thought that they could buy in the trade season. Because this is a, this is why people hate the Yankee fans. If you listen to local radio in New York, Yankee fans are bitching. For, mind you, this is a team that's like 30 games over 500. they They're guaranteed to make the playoffs. Uh, they have one of the best rosters in all of the sport. And they're bitching and moaning because the Yankees didn't go out there and get a superstar pitcher. Like, <laughs> like they have nothing else. Like they have everything else, but of course they wanted, and this is, they, they wanted an all-star. They wanted, you know, they wanted Jacob deGrom. They wanted Noah Say. And this is the thing with the Yankee fans. They want these guys and they don't want to give up anything. You know, oh, we want Jacob, you know, hey, uh, we want Jacob deGrom. Okay. So give us Glaber Torres. Oh, we can't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. What are you, what are you crazy? We can't give you Glaber Torres. You got to give up something to get something. This is why I can't stand fucking Yankee fans, but, but whatever. 
Uh, so a lot of them are butthurt that they got J-Hap. Look, J-Hap is, he is what he is. I, I'm, I'm not, like, if I was a Yankee fan, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, we got J-Hap. Like, he helps. He fills a need. I think they needed another arm in that rotation. I could argue that they need another pitcher in that rotation, you know, because we've all talked about the Yankees rotation and how I don't believe in it. Um, but anyway, um, J-Hap, I mean, he's this nice, solid pitcher. He's a professional pitcher. You know what you're getting with J-Hap. You know, he's not a guy that... You know, you're not going to, he's not going to wow you. He's a guy that knows how to pitch. He's been around a long time. He's, he's, you know, he's been around the block several times. He knows how to pitch big games. Um, you know, he's, he's a solid pitcher. Is he, is, does he wow me? Is he the sexy name? No. I can see that move working out one of two ways. I, he can either go, he can be one of those guys that comes to the Yankees and is lights out and pitches above and beyond his means. And he's another guy that can come in New York and be, you know, an absolute bust. So we don't know. We don't know. We'll see what happens. I think he'll be all right for the Yankees. I think he'll be okay. He's a, he's a soft tosser, left hander. Um, you know, he's a guy that, that relies on movement and guile. Um, the Yankees usually do pretty well with those kind of guys. So I could see him being pretty good. I know he had his first start yesterday, pitch pitch well. So, you know, I think the Yankees, uh, I think for the most part did okay. Britain, Britain obviously is the is the the bigger name, obviously of the two acquisitions, and he's a guy that is dominant. And you now the Yankees have the best bullpen, maybe of all time. I mean, when you think about the names in that bullpen, the Yankees may have the best bullpen ever assembled. Think about it: Chapman, Batanzas, Robertson, uh, Britain. You know, uh, they still got Chad Green, you know, uh, that pull. I mean, those four guys there alone, those guys would be closers on any other team. Think about it. Batances will be a closer on any other team. Chapman, we know about Chapman. We know about Britain. Chad Green is fucking nasty. I mean, and David Robertson is David Robertson. He's been a successful closer in, in this league before. He's a good setup man. I know he's up and down here and there, but for the most part, he's been pretty good. So the Yankees have a great, we know the Yankees have a great bullpen. That, that's, that's the one strength outside of their offense that the Yankees have is their bullpen. And the Yankees are going to try to win a World Series like the Royals won a World Series in 2015. They're going to hope and pray that they, that the, that their starters give them five decent innings. They're going to hope and pray. And then they're going to let their bullpen, you know, win games for them. That's basically going to be the Yankee formula in 2018 to win a championship. That's their formula. Outside of Severino, the other pitchers in that rotation are going to be five inning guys. And the Yankees are not going to hesitate to go to that bullpen. Now, we'll see if that works. Everybody, a lot of teams have tried to duplicate that. And to varying degrees, I don't think there's been a team that has accomplished it the way the Royals have accomplished it. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. If anybody can do it, it's the Yankees. Let's just put it that way. If any team can do it, can mimic what the Royals did in 2015 and 2014, it's really 2014 and 2015, is the Yankees. So we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, the Yankees made some good moves. Um, just before I started recording today, uh, the Astros, who I was about to sit here and rip because the Astros had not made any major moves. I mean, unless you count, unless you count Martin Maldonado, a big move for them. Um, the Astros had really had not made any major moves. Um, and then they went out and pulled a trade off for Roberto Azuna, the suspended closer of the Toronto Blue Jays, obviously, who got in trouble, uh, in March in spring training for, as video surfaced of him, uh, assaulting his girlfriend. He's facing criminal charges. Um, and he, and, uh, his suspension, I believe, is up August 4th. 
So he's eligible to return the fifth. And uh, the Astros took a chance on Roberto Ozuna. And I think, you know, it's crazy. I'm, I think it's a move the Astros had to make, number one. I mean, the Astros needed a closer in the worst way. I mean, everybody knows that. The Astros, if they're, if they're more than any other team with any other need, the Astros needed a closer. Like, you could take any team and their need. I would, I would argue that the Astros' need for a closer was greater than any other team's need for whatever position they needed. Like the like everybody in baseball, like it was the biggest, it was the biggest unknown, like it was the biggest known secret. Like the Yankee, like the Astros needed a reliever. They needed a closer. I could argue they need another reliever on top of Azuna, but they desperately needed Roberto Azuna. And Roberto Azuna is a guy who is, has a chance to be dominant for them. Now, it's all a matter of his head is on right because he's a guy that's prone for meltdowns. He's a guy that at times loses his focus. He's had some issues in the past with anxiety and stuff like that um, on top of the illegal issues that he's facing. So if he's got his head on right, I mean, Ozuna's nasty. He's nasty. He's proven that he can pitch. He's got the balls to pitch in the ninth inning. So I think Ozuna's a big pickup for the Astros. Now, Right as I came on, uh, started recording, uh, Verlander was exact, was interviewed about it because Verlander, if you guys don't remember in spring training, when all the things about Ozuna came out, you know, the, the Astros clubhouse was one of the most vocal in, you know, you know, ripping basically, you know, domestic violence guys, spe- specifically Roberto Ozuna. And Verlander was very strong and very staunch in his language and his words about the guy and basically hoping the guy that he never has success in baseball again and blah, blah, blah. You know, paraphrasing. But, you know, Verlander wasn't exactly um, the the greatest fan of what, you know, Roberto Azuna did, as, as nobody should be. I mean, the guy, it, it's sick what he did to his girlfriend. Um, but as you guys know, this this is not about morality. This is not about, you know you know, passing out character achievement awards. This is about winning games. And when you can win games, that's, that takes priority in sports. We all know this, you know, we all have opinions on that, but at the end of the day, it's about winning. And sometimes you have to win with some shady characters and that's what the Astros are going to do. And I give, I, and I give Verlander credit, you know, they interviewed him and, you know, he didn't, he didn't try to run and try to make, Oh, well, that's not what I meant. You know, he owned up to it. He said, yeah, I, I wasn't uh, too happy with that. And, um, you know, I, you know, he basically said, Hey, I, I said it, I'm not going to, I stand by those words and uh, we'll see what happens. He, he said that it didn't consult him on the move. I think they consulted some players, but they didn't consult Ver, Verlander. That's a little interesting. Um, you would think that they would consult, you know, you know, Justin Verlander, one of their best pitchers, arguably their best pitcher, their guy who basically won him a World Series. Um, but whatever, be that as it may, um, you know, he didn't sound like he was, you know, upset about the movie. He under, I guess he understood it that it's a baseball decision, and you know, what what is he going to say? Hey, I don't want Roberto Azuna. I don't want a guy that's going to help me win another championship. Like he's not going to say that. I mean, he may feel that deep down. I, I'm sure if you give him truth serum, he's probably going to say that. Like I don't want this fucking bum in my clubhouse, but. You know, I, I I think it's all a matter of how Roberto Azuna comes in there, um, presents himself. I'm sure he's going to have to probably speak to his teammates and say, "Hey, you know, I'm very ashamed. I'm very you know, sorry for what I've done. I've I've had 75 games to learn my lesson, etc. Blah blah blah. Dee 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 da da da. Whatever. Um, so I'm sure that'll that'll happen at some point when he comes back. And you know, the Astros are are better today for that move. 
Now we'll see how how it goes. Uh, again, I said Ozuna's Ozuna has the propensity to have meltdowns, and we'll see what happens. But if he's but if he's got his head on right, the Astros made a hell of a move in getting Ozuna. And I was about to rip the Astros because I was like, yo, the Astros have to make a move here. And I'm about to rip the Red Sox for their lack of inactivity. But um, the Astros needed to make that move. That was a that was a huge move for them to make. I could argue that they could have they could have, you know, held out and, you know, maybe been more aggressive in trying to get Britain. We don't know where those negotiations stood with the Orioles, what did they want or whatever, where the Astros were not willing to give up. I know the Astros were unwilling to give up Kyle Tucker one of their top prospects and or Derek Fisher, one of the other top prospects. So maybe that was a sticking point. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, I could argue that maybe the Astros should have went after Brad Hand a little bit harder. Even Jerry's Familia, guys that I think are a little bit better than Ozuna. But hey, I, Ozuna's still really good. So the Astros definitely, definitely addressed a need. Um, the other moves, um, I, you know, the Brewers to me were a team that definitely needed to do something. And they did something. They added Mike Moustakis. Now, I don't understand this move from the Brewers. I know they needed, I know they desperately needed another bat, especially in that infield, because they've gotten basically nothing out of that middle infield. Uh, VR hasn't had a great year, and RC is in the minor leagues. So I get that they really haven't got a lot of production out of that middle infield, but I don't know. I mean, getting Moustakis, uh, and then you have to, now you're moving Travis Shaw's a pretty good third baseman himself to second base. I don't know how that's going to work. They got Azus Aguilar at first base. Um, it's going to be interesting how the Brewers kind of make all that work. I mean, I, I will say it upgrades their offense. I mean, their offense was pretty good with, without Mustakis. And now you get a guy who gets, you know, who's a, who's a gritty, you know, no nonsense, kind of one of those kind of gamer guys that, that just makes your team better. He, you know, he knows how to play in big games. He's won a championship. You know, he's got, you know, he's got an attitude. He's got a fire. He's got a don't fuck with me attitude. He's, he's a, he's a big game player. Couldn't stand him <laughs> when he was with the Royals, obviously with the whole Syndergaard and the Royals thing. But I mean, Mustakas is a good pickup. I, I'm not sure if that was their biggest need. If I were them, I would have probably tried to pursue Brian Dozier, who fit, you know, was probably a little bit better fit. But it is what it is. It was a move that I think they had. I don't. I'm not gonna say they had to make. I think it was a good move for them. I think it upgrades a position of need. I, I still think they need a starter. I, I I still think they need a starter in the worst way. Um, that rotation to me. I know their bullpen's great, and you know we'll get to Mister Hater. But I know that bullpen is great. Um. But I still think they need another another arm in that rotation. Just just a guy, a professional pitcher in that rotation that can kind of give them innings, gives them some experience. Um, I would have liked them to go after Cole Hamels. The Cubs got Cole Hamels. Um, that was a that, I thought that was a good move for the Cubs. I thought they needed that. I need, I thought they needed a, a pitcher of Hamels' ilk in the worst way. The Darvish pickup has been a disaster. What did I tell you guys about Darvish? What did I tell you guys at the beginning of the season when they signed you, Darvish? I was like, I didn't understand that move for the life of me. I, I didn't. I to this day, I still don't understand that move. Did, the, did Theo not watch the World Series? Like seriously, Theo? Like were you on? Were you in vacation? <laughs> were, were you in the Alps somewhere with your family during the World Series that you didn't watch? How terrible you, Darvish, was in that World Series, and then you went out there and you gave him six years, a hundred million dollars. Like I, man, I don't know. Look, I love Theo, and he's probably the greatest GM of all time. But dog, Geo's Geo's free agent decisions have not been great the last few years. Outside of Lester, man, I, I still can't believe he gave Jason Hayward eight year eight year one hundred sixty one hundred eighty million dollar. I, I still, for the life of me, can't understand that. 
still for the life of me, can't understand that move. But it's not about Jason Hayward. But but I thought that was a good move for the Cubs. I, I thought it was a huge pickup for them. Cole Hamels is is you know say what you want about him. As a Met fan, I can't stand Cole Hamels, but you know he's there's no denying he's a very very good pitcher. He has a chance to be this year's Verlander, a guy that you know on a bad team, not having the greatest of years, you know, kind of finds himself in a post, you know, in a pennant race again in a postseason run. And he pitches well. I mean, this is a guy that knows his way around big games. He knows how to pitch it with the, when the lights are on bright. You know, he's ready for prime time. He knows what to do. He's won a World Series. He was a World Series MVP. Um, you know, Cole Hamels is a great pitcher. It's a great pitcher, or at one point was a great pitcher. I think he still has the ability to be a very good pitcher, and I think he helps that rotation desperately. I mean, now you got a rotation of Hamels, of Lester, of Hendricks. I still don't love that rotation. I'll be honest. It's better today, clearly. It's better today, but I still don't love that rotation. You know, outside of Lester and Hamels, you know, I know Hendricks has had his moments, but you know, those soft tossers in the postseason. I've, I've talked about this before. Soft tossers in the postseason scare the hell out of me. They really do. Um, guys like Hendricks scare the hell out of me. See Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox was amazing. One of the best pitchers I've ever seen. Was dominant. Completely dominant. Just unfuckwittable in the, in the regular season. And in the postseason, he struggled. So I, 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 I never loved those soft tossers in the postseason. But whatever. We'll see what happens. But you know the you know the Cubs improved their rotation. The Cubs are a weird team. I, I I don't know like they have the best record in the NL, but it's like have they really played that well? It's like it's it's weird with the Cubs. The Cubs are a team that's had like they've had moments within the season. Like the Cubs have had about a fifteen game stretch where they've been really really great, and then they've had about a ten game stretch where they were like average. Then they had about a twenty game stretch where they were great, and they had about a fifteen game stretch where they were like, eh. Then they had a thirty game stretch. like so. Yeah, dude, the Cubs have been just uh, the Cubs are weird. It's I, I've never seen a team that's had like a a good record. I'd argue a great record. And they they really haven't been that impressive. It's like they've won, but it's like, uh, uh, it's okay. Like none of their regulars are having great year outside of Javi Baez. You know Rizzo say he's had a decent year. But he hasn't had a great year. Um, Bryant's hurt. You know Schwarber's had his moments. Uh, you know Zobris has had his moments. But for the most part, they you know outside of Baez. You know, they've had guys that have just haven't had those great years or bullpen. You know, Morrow's been better than I expected. I didn't think Morrow was going to be, was able to repeat what he did last year. And he's been good when he's been healthy, which is key for Morrow, if healthy. But Morrow's been good for them. I still don't, I don't love their bullpen at all. I, I, to me, I think they need another reliever in the worst way. You know, we all know Joe Madden loves Carl Edwards. <laughs> God, Carl Edwards. Um, but yeah, uh, so I thought that was, I thought that was a move that the Cubs needed. So I, I was surprised the Brewers didn't get in on the Cole Hamels and maybe they did. Uh, you know, this stuff is a little fluid right now. We don't know who bid on who, what was offered, what deals were, were talked about. You know, it's, it's always speculation this time of year, but, um, I'm surprised that the Brewers, and I don't know this for sure, weren't as aggressive in trying to get Cole Hamels. Maybe they were, and they just lost out to a better package the Cubs had. But, um, yeah, I thought the Brewers could have desperately need used a, uh, a Cole Hamels type. So, But it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting if the Brewers have another move in them tomorrow. There's a lot of rumors that the Mets are, are, are shopping Zach Wheeler. There's as many as six teams after Zach Wheeler. And I know there's, there's some, there's some divisiveness in between the Met fan base as to whether to trade uh, well, I shouldn't say fan base. I think the fans are pretty much kind of like, don't give them away. 
If you can get something that blows you away, trade them. If not, keep them. Um, and I'm kind of in the same mindset. Like, I don't know. I'm not buying into this newfound Zach Wheeler. Like, I know Zach Wheeler is pitched great the last, basically, basically the last two and a half months. He's pitched phenomenal. His ERA, I believe, has gone down every month of the season substantially. Um, and he's, and he's picked July, coincidentally, to have his best month, maybe of his career. He's pitched great. He's been dominant. Um, his last start, which was yesterday, um, probably was his best start of the year, pound for pound, or start for start, pitch for pitch, whatever you want to classify it as. Um, probably was his best start of the year. And, you know, but I'm still not buying into the, we, we, Wheeler's a tease. You know, Wheeler is a guy, he, you know, he's a lot like Nathan Evaldi, another guy that the Red Sox picked up. Um, and I'll get to them in a second, but, you know, Wheeler's a tease. You know, Wheeler will go out there, he'll give you seven innings, three hits, 10 strikeouts. You know, throw 99 on a gun and just look absolutely dominant for two, three starts. And then he goes out there against a big team, a big opponent, and, you know, you know, he'll get rocked for 10 runs in five innings. Like, it, it's just, he's that type of guy. Wheeler, and he's been like that for his entire career. It's up and down. He's just the ultimate tease. He, him and Nathan Avaldi are really kind of similar pitchers. But, you know, I, if I'm, the, I'm of the mindset, look, if I'm the Mets, I would hold out to get to, to 3.59 tomorrow. And I would put the pressure on these teams that need a starter, the Indians, the Red Sox, the Yankees. Uh, I'm trying to think of another team that could use a starter. You know, the Rockies. You know, we know the teams that are in the postseason contention. A lot of these teams need rotation help. And I would, and I would play on some of their desperation. You know, I would play on their desperation. I would play on the fact that a lot of these, te- a lot of these guys need rotation help. And I would, and I would try to get a big time prospect for Wheeler. Now, I don't know if they're going to be able to get a guy like that. I don't think they're going to be able to get a package of like, you know, what the Red Sox gave up to get sale. No, I'm not crazy, but I think they can, I think the way Wheeler's pitching, his upside, the fact that he's not a free agent till next year. Um, I think the Mets could probably get a top 10 prospect for him. Um, and I'm no expert at this stuff. I mean, for all I know, the Mets could get a stiff and, and it is the Mets and only the Mets could get what they, and I don't even want to talk about Cespedes. I know what you guys are going to ask me. What's my thoughts on this? I, I don't even want, I, the Mets don't even deserve to have my opinion on the whole Cespedes debacle. I, I'll, I'll lay off of that, but it is the Mets and they'll figure out a way to fuck it up. But if I'm the Mets, I mean, I could probably get a top 10 prospect for, I'd be adamant about getting a guy, at least a top 10 organizational prospect, like a guy that I could sell my fan base as, Hey, this is a guy that was worth trading a guy like Wheeler for, you know, a nice young position player, a top 10 prospect in somebody's organization. I'm not crazy. I'm not saying, Hey, I'll trade him to a blue Jays for a Beau Bichette type of prospect, but a, you know, a five through 10 type level prospect. You know what I mean? I think they could probably get a guy back for that, of that ilk, and then maybe another, a couple pieces that are of lower level pieces. And I think that'd be a decent, look, point is, if the Mets can get a good trade for Zach Wheeler, then I think the Mets should do it. Because at this point, Zach Wheeler's value will never be this high. Even if you keep him, you trade him in the offseason, you've, I, that to me is lessens his value because you don't know what's going to happen the rest of this year. And then if you keep him into next year, he's still, a, he's a free agent at the end of the year. So he's going to be a rental. If, if let's say the Mets get out to a horrible start and are sellers again at next year's deadline, 
you know, now you're now you're now you're trading him as a rental. So the value is going to drop precipitously at that point. So this might be his highest value right now. So I would strike while the iron is hot with with the Mets and trade Wheeler. And Wheeler's always been one of those guys that the Met fans have been kind of torn on. Some Met fans like Wheeler. Some Met fans have been like, ah, this guy's never been worth anything. He's always hurt and he's never really pitched as great. I've kind of been on the other end of it. Like, eh, this guy is okay, but he's never really shown us that he's been this great pitcher. And even now, as good as he's pitched, I'm still not buying it. I'm still not sold on it. You know? So, to me, if you can get a good, solid return for Wheeler, I'm not getting crazy, obviously, but if you could get a good, solid top 10 prospect and maybe two other good, useful pieces for the future, then I think I'd make that deal if I'm the Mets. Um, and, and I talked about the Red Sox. And the Red Sox, to me, is the team that I'm putting the most pressure on tomorrow. To me, the Red Sox, for a t- and it's weird because they're the, the Red Sox have the best record in baseball. They're 41 games over 500. Um, last time I checked, they were still tied with the Phillies going into the, to the 11th inning. Um, and the Yankees just acquired Lance Lynn. So that's interesting. And the Braves just acquired Adam Duvall from the Reds. So uh, it's 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 coming hot and heavy, man. It's interesting. It's it's coming. Hot. And wow, breaking news. The Nationals have announced that Bryce Harper is available. Wow. That's interesting. So the Nationals, who sit one game under 500 or six games back in the division... And there was a report coming out today that, uh, you know, there's some clubhouse stri- strife, whatever you want to call it, struggle, strife, whatever. Wow. Interesting. Bryce Harper. Now this shit, now this ratchets this shit up. Now this is going to be an interesting trade deadline. I don't think they'll trade him. I really don't. I, I think when push comes to shove, gun to Mike Rizzo's head, I don't think he'll trade him. But now this is interesting. Because now you've added an ultimate trump card to this shit. Now you've now you've added a fucking Maserati to a car show, a fucking Tesla to a car show. This is interesting. Would a team take a risk in getting a, a rental Bryce Harper? A team like the Indians who need a bat in the worst way. Interest uh, that that wow that's interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, the Red Sox, to me, are a team that's got a lot of pressure on them. And I, like I was saying, it's, it's weird because they're the, they have the best record in baseball. They're 41 games over 500. Um, they're on pace to win 100. And I think they're on pace to win like something like 110 games or something like that. Something crazy. Um, the Red Sox are clearly the best team in the regular, regular season-wise right now in the, in, in the sport. So it's interesting that a team like that has pressure on them. But I think the Red Sox have pressure on them. Look, we know what the Red Sox are. We know that they have a very good lineup. We know that they have a good rotation. If Price pitches up to his potential, it, it makes it even better. But the, the Red Sox, we know what the Red Sox' biggest weakness is. Is guys, the bridge to... Kimbrel. I don't love that bullpen. Joe Kelly, Matt Barnes, uh, Tyler Thornburg. None of those guys scare anybody. Matter of fact, match match that quartet of relievers to the Yankees. Kimbrel Chapman, I'm taking Chapman. (laughs) Matt Barnes, Batanzas, Batanzas all the way. Zach Britton or, uh, you know, Tyler Thornburg, I mean, of course, you're taking Britain. 
Chad Green, Joe Kelly, Chad Green. I mean, so the Red Sox to me, I don't understand why they why they weren't aggressive in getting a guy like Familia. I think I thought Familia would have been perfect for them, and Familia's been lights out for the A's since joining them. I thought the Red Sox would have been after a guy like Familia. The Mets and the Red Sox have made a trade before. Last year they made a trade for for Addison Reed. I know Addison Reed didn't exactly work out for the Red Sox, but a guy like that, a guy of that ilk, would have helped the Red Sox. I think. Um, so I was surprised that the Red Sox weren't after a Familia. Um, you know, I, we all know about Zach Britton. We all know about Ozuna. So, I mean, I, the Red So, and now the, the reliever market is pretty much dried up. I mean, I can't think of another guy of high impact that's going to help the Red Sox. And if they don't make that deal, and they don't make, if they don't, if, I'll tell you this much. If it's 401 tomorrow and the Red Sox did not make any significant deal for a reliever, I think this is a, that's a bad job by Dembrowski. That's a bad job. The Red Sox need another arm in the worst way. In the worst way in that bullpen. And the Red Sox now are going to be, and if they don't make a move, the Red Sox are going to be forced to win a championship needing their three best starters to be great. Not good, great. They're going to need a dominant Chris Sale. They're going to need David Price to finally wake the fuck up or grow some ball, whatever, whatever he has to do to finally pitch up to his, to live up to his potential in the regular season, in the postseason. And Rick Porcello to be good. And that's a dangerous proposition when you're counting on Rick Porcello to be great and dominant. So, I don't know. That's the one thing that would scare me if I'm a Red Sox fan right now. 401 tomorrow tomorrow afternoon, and they have not secured a big-name reliever, I'd be very, very disappointed if I'm a Red Sox fan. And that's a bad job by Dombrowski. And Dombrowski, more than anybody, knows the importance of building a bullpen. Dombrowski would have two championships right now, arguably, if he had handled that bullpen better in Detroit. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's a flurry of moves that were made tonight. So it's going to be interesting. It, it is going to be definitely interesting what uh, what more moves come. And now this Bryce Harper thing, I think, ratchets this shit up even more. Because now that the Nationals have basically made it known that, hey, Best offer for Bryce Harper. I think you're going to have some teams that are going to be, I think the Indians are going to be in play. You got to believe the Stankies are going to be in play at some point. Yes, even the Yankees who don't really have a need for him. I know, I know judges hurt still. They don't really have a need for him, but it is the Yankees and they like to buy players in championships. So that's what they're going to do. But you know, the Yankees are going to be in on him. You would think a team like maybe the A's would be in on him. Wow, that that adds another wrinkle to this. Maybe the Diamondbacks, a team like that. I mean, who knows? Who knows? The Diamondbacks need a bat. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting what happens with Bryce Harper. So, wow, I wasn't expecting that tonight. I mean, there had been murmurs, and obviously that had been a talking point in talk radio and you know on MLB Network and 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 all you know throughout the weeks of if the Nationals are still kind of treading water, still still playing the way that they are, and obviously that nothing has nothing that they've shown over the last few weeks has changed that. Um, would they deal Bryce Harper? Would it be the smart move to do? And I still don't believe, I, and I still believe push comes to shove. I don't think they'll trade him, but now that they've made him available, I think they've at least decided, I think that within internally, I think they've decided, Hey, you know, let's listen to the best offers. And if we get blown away by something, 
Um, realistically, I don't think they're, I don't think they're, even the Nationals can't expect to get, you know, a fucking King's ransom for Bryce Harper, a rental Bryce Harper. Cause, cause more than Machado, you know, he's going to test free agency. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's going to be very, very, very interesting. Um, sticking with the baseball topic for a little bit. Um, it's, man, these tweets, man, these, hist- bruh, if you're a baseball player right now, if you're an, if you're a celebrity in general, I'll say this, if you're a celebrity in general, forget baseball, because I, I think that now the narrative is that, oh, well, baseball has a problem, all these baseball players with their, with their racist, homophobic, insensitive tweets. I don't think it's, ba- I think it's been more prevalent amongst baseball players right now obviously because those are the guys that that have gotten their shit uncovered and put on on, put out there but i mean i think it's prevalent throughout all sports i mean just a couple months ago dante divincenzo's tweets were put out there um obviously we all remember uh josh allen's tweets right right, i think it was like either right after the draft or right before the draft or the night of the draft i think it was after the draft i believe i don't don't remember i know even it's been a couple months but um you know josh allen and his you know his you know, litany of tweets from years and years ago. And I've said it before. I think this new trend is kind of corny. Um, going back, digging up fucking tweets and putting them out there. Tweets from guys. No, I'm not making excuses. Cause if you say something stupid, you say something fucking stupid. I don't care if you were 18, 19, you know, 30, 35. Like if you say something stupid, you say something stupid. If you say something offensive, you say something offensive. If you say something homophobic, you say something homophobic. So I, I'm not sitting here trying to defend anybody. I'm not trying to justify anything, but I do think the practice of it all is kind of corny. I, I get it. It's the 21st century and we have the ability to do this shit. So it was bound to happen once, you know, I'm surprised it hasn't happened before, <laughs> clearly, but it's happening more and more. So obviously it's becoming a trend. And uh, man, I kind of, kind I kind of find it corny, me personally. But be that as it may, if you're an athlete right now, how are you not going? Matter of fact, how are you not just deleting your, like if you're an athlete, that's had your Twitter account since before you were quote unquote famous. Like, how do you still have that Twitter account? How do you still have that fa- that social media account? How do you still have that Instagram or that Twitter account or that Facebook page? Or like, get rid of that shit. Get rid of that shit. What are you still doing with the same account? Obviously, we know about Josh Hader, all his tweets that came out the week of the All Star Game, and you know, just this weekend. Uh, you had tweets from Trey Turner. Um, damn, who was the other guy that had uh, Sean Newcomb? That's the guy. Damn, I completely, I completely spaced out on that shit. I don't know why I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get the other name out of my head for the, for the like, like what, the, what the fuck is the guy's name? Sean Newcomb, pitcher for the Braves, who uh, his tweets were came to light yesterday. Um, coincidentally, as he's pitching a no hitter, fucking <laughs> his past tweets come to come to light, man. Um, look, if if you're an athlete right now. Do yourself a favor, d- delete your fucking social media. And it's interesting that I'm talking about this topic because my family gets on me all the time. You guys know I'm a serial tweeter and social media guy, and they get mad at me for the shit that I tweet or stuff that I post on Facebook, memes and stuff like that. And I think I'm tame. Like, I first of all, there's levels to shit. Like, just like anything, there's levels to things. Like, I, I post memes, like I curse and say some stuff, but I, you know, most of the stuff to me is like, innocent like most of my shit is like pg-13 i don't post anything sexual i don't say derogatory homophobic things to people um so i think i'm pretty tame for the most part have i crossed the line 
at times. I think my wife would be the first to answer and say yes. And I agree. I've crossed the line. And and bro, <laughs> I guarantee y'all, like if this podcast shit blows up, if this sports media shit blows up, I will be the first person deleting every, I'll delete this audio. <laughs> I will delete every single social media site. I don't care. I'll delete everything. I'll go back and delete my tag, my my everything, everything. I'm I'm showing my age here, tagged in MySpace. But I'll go back and delete every motherfucking thing. Like I will leave no traces of me being on social media in these sites. Like I will create everything brand new. Matter of fact, I might do that shit now. Just just cause. But it's crazy, man. I mean if you're an athlete, if you're a celebrity, I mean dog, like you just got to get rid of this shit. Like, you can't, I mean, like, dog, like, motherfuckers got the same Twitter account since 2010. Like, why? Like, you're a celebrity now. Like, you were in high school then when you had that Twitter account. Like, get rid of that shit. Why do you have, why do you still have the same Twitter account? Like, and uh, why haven't you gone in and deleted this shit? Now, I know a lot of them will probably say, like, ah, I forgot that I even tweeted half this shit. Like, I was fucking 19. Like, and I get it. I understand. But it's like, bro, do yourself a favor. Just delete this shit. Delete all of it. All of it delete all of it. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. I I will say that I don't want to I don't want to sit here and and push this narrative that that baseball and 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 baseball players have this this homophobic racist culture about. I I I think it's all athletes. I really do. I think it's I think it's every sport. I'm sure if you start digging through NFL players I mean, it's it's happened it's happened obviously with Josh Allen. I mean, if you start digging through a lot of NFL players, you know, past tweets and Instagram posts and shit, you'll see some offensive shit. I'm sure you'll find some offensive shit on NBA player shit. I'm sure you'll find something on hockey players. It's already happened. I mean, so I don't want to sit there. I know the narrative today and, you know, outside the lines did a thing on it today that, oh, baseball and it's, you know, social media, you know, controversy and culture. And you know, the narrative that's going to be spewed out there, you know, and not that I'm trying to cape for major league baseball because, you know, if it needs to be criticized, it needs to be criticized. I get it. But I, what I don't want is I don't want to make this, this narrative narrative now that it's just that this is just a baseball problem. Yes, the 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 most number of cases have occurred in major league baseball players, but does anybody really think that it's just baseball players? I mean, no. Most guys, most smart fans know that this is an issue with just a lot of dumb kids tweeting dumb shit when they were younger in all sports. And somebody's going back and digging this shit up. And I think that athletes now, and I think it's going to become part of kind of your indoctrination as a rookie that I think, you know, teams and leagues are going to set up policies where, hey, man, you know, we can't tell you what to tweet. But if you ever if you if you ever tweeted something that was insensitive or could have been deemed insensitive or if you ever if you don't even remember, but you think you might have hell if you didn't just go back and even if you didn't go back and fucking delete your old Twitter account, just get everything brand new. You know, don't go back and use the same. I, I no, just delete everything. You're better off that way. And this is amazing coming from me because I always get bitched at by my family for you know going too far on social media, which is amazing that now I'm preaching this. But you know, it's it's amazing, man. Motherfuckers is digging up your tweets and trying to just t- destroy people's characters, like bro. And some of the shits, I like the Josh Hader one, and and uh, I wish I would have did the show two weeks ago. The, Milwaukee, come on now, really? Now I have a little bit of a connection with Milwaukee because I have family from Milwaukee. My aunt lived in Milwaukee for thirty something years, so I'm not gonna sit here and say that I know Wisconsin or I know Milwaukee. I've been there a few times. I've I've always found it to be a nice city. Yes, they have issues just like any other city with the police and uh, racial strife and all that other shit, but. 
bruh, like y'all can't be fucking serious. Like, come on me. Like to give Josh Hader a second standing ovation after, after basically all the shit that came to light that he tweeted. Like, come on. Like, I mean, I, and I get it. And I tweeted this. Like, I get it. It's the thing to do for sports fans to cheer and applaud their guy when they get in trouble or some kind of controversy. I get it. It's the thing to do. But I mean, you have to have more common sense than that. Like, you have to have, like, you can't be that fucking tone deaf as a fan base. Like, I don't, I'm not saying boo the fucking guy, although that would have been ideal. <laughs> I'm not saying boo the guy, but I mean, fuck, a standing ovation. I mean, you would have thought that this motherfucker came back from Iraq. <laughs> like he fought a war. Like he took three years off his life, fought for our, for our freedoms and our, fought for our country and came back and, and, and now is able to pitch again. Like, no, this dude tweeted racist shit. But hey, standing ovation. Yay. Our conquering hero is here. Like, really? Really? Come on, that's a that's a that's a that's the earliest foul I've given on this show. So a, a pre pre fouls of the week foul to uh, the Milwaukee Brewer fan base. Just should be a fucking ashamed of yourselves. But anyway, yeah, man, I I, I don't know, I, I don't know what you can do, but I think leagues are gonna have to start getting into it and just saying, hey, or at least telling the players' association, like, yo, y'all need to make sure these dudes is not tweeting stupid shit out before the age of fucking. And if they are, go ahead and fucking delete this shit. Like it's it's stupid. Like it's crazy. It's crazy. And there's, I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's more stuff to come out. You know, I'm pretty sure that there's more stuff to come out. And it's and again, the narrative right now is that it's it's a baseball problem. It's every sport. It's every fucking sport. Every sport. And more shit's gonna come out. More stuff it's gonna come out. So, man, it's crazy. It's crazy. I wanted to talk about Mr. Dak Prescott, um, who was in the news last week for, you know, his comments about uh, the whole kneeling controversy, the whole kneeling players protesting and kneeling for the flag and the whole thing that just won't go away. Um, obviously, we know that the Cowboys have been one of the one of the many organizations, one of the most, well, the few that have been kind of outspoken, them, the Dolphins have been kind of the two main ones that have been kind of, and the, and the Buccaneers have been like at the forefront of like the NFL teams and fan bases saying we're not tolerating this shit and that, you know, you're stand for the flag and blah, 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 blah you know, the extra OG Patriot shit, um, extra patriot like basically you know beer bible handgun american flag toting motherfuckers but anyway so the the cowboys and jerry jones that idiot you know this is the same jerry jones that you know has had affairs with women has been accused of harassment of young ladies i mean all kinds of shit this is the same st- brilliant sterling individual that jerry jones is you know he's basically come out and say that he, you know they're not going to tolerate guys you know not standing for the anthem and guys will be fined and blah, blah, blah. He's been outspoken about this shit. Well, of course, Dak Prescott, who happens to be black, or I think he's half black. Isn't he? or he's, all, he's all the way black. I, I don't know. I mean, he's black. Anyway, he's black. And um, he's starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. And he was asked about his thoughts on the whole anthem controversy and kneeling and whatnot. And he basically said that I don't think that's the place or the, or the, the, the place or the time to protest that. Um, he kind of gave a really diplomatic answer and he's been getting basically ripped to shreds by anyone and everyone, uh, who's in favor of the anthem protests. And 
I can't blame anybody for ripping him. Like, dude, like, first of all, first of all, before your Dak Prescott star quarterback for the fucking Dallas Cowboys, before your football player, before you're anything, you're an African-American man in the United States of America. Like, before any, before anything else, that's what you are. And for you to come out and say, and, I, and look, I'm not one of these guys that thinks that every athlete, every black athlete should have basically black power fists up in the air protesting everything. Like some people just are not political. Some people are just not into, you know, going out there. They're not going to necessarily make their views known, but they're not overly going to be, you know, one way or another, but they're not overly going to bash one, one particular side over the other. But to sit there and basically say that, like, come on, dude, like how like even if he wasn't trying to sound like a fucking Uncle Tom and a cornball, he made himself sound like an Uncle Con- Uncle Tom and a cornball. Like you just don't like and then not to mention, he he basically does this and this gets transcribed and tweeted out and put out there. And then like like maybe like an hour or two before that. The Players Association had put out a notice that saying that, you know, we're stand united and letting our players kneel and stand together for their right to protest and yada, yada. And then Dak Prescott, one of their most well-known players, the quarterback, the quarterback for America's team, the biggest franchise in the sport. <laughs> nah, you know, this kneeling thing. Nah, it's not the time and place for that shit. Like, nah, 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 nah. I'm not really, I'm not really with this whole kneeling shit. You know what I mean? Like, nah, like really, Dak? Really? 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 That's how you feel? You know, players protesting injustices going on in the African-American community. Players protesting a country that you know, goes out there and tells you that it's about freedom and all men are created equal, yet black men get killed and jailed at a disproportionate rate compared to whites or in any other race or ethnic group. The same country that sits there and does nothing as police officers continue to slaughter African-American men and children. And these are all that these athletes are protesting. That's it. That's it. They're protesting because they want something done, because they want to... Ra- and I'm not trying to get too much into this diatribe. We, we've talked about it at nauseum the two years, almost two years that we've been a podcast. So I'm not going to rehash any of these things. But 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 this is what these guys are protesting. They're not protesting, hey, we want more money. They're not protesting, hey, we want less games. They're not protesting, hey, we want... Um, we want... Uh, you know, you know, luxury breakfasts during training camp. Like we're not protesting dumb shit. They're protesting societal issues, things that matter, that matter to a large group of people. And you're going to sit there and say, you know what? Eh, I don't think it's a time or place to protest. Uh, uh, I don't really have a, a, an opinion one way or another. You were better off just saying nothing. It was better off just deflecting the question, not answering it, not saying anything. Sometimes it's better to just not say anything. If you're not going to say what you need to say, then you're better off not saying anything. Because then you make yourself look like an asshole and a jackass and fucking tone deaf. And again, (laughs) Jerry Jones now. Jerry Jones is going to play the moral authority of the NFL. Jerry Jones. 
This is the same organization. Again, this is the same organization that had Josh Brent on a sideline not even 24 hours after he got behind the wheel of a car, drove it, and killed his teammate while he was intoxicated. And had him on the sideline. The sideline. Cheering his team on. The man had just killed his teammates. But this is the organization now that's going to take a stance against protests? This organization. This owner. This owner. The same guy. The same organization. The same organization that's that's got this staunch, you know, hardline stance against all protests, against the flag. And they go out and sign Greg Hardy? Greg Hardy? A guy who threw his pregnant girlfriend on a bed of guns. Guns! And I know what some of you will say. Oh, well, he got off. No, he didn't get off. He paid her off. She didn't show up to court. He paid her off. But I got to listen to Jerry Jones now be the moral police and tell us and be the Mr. Mr. American Patriot and tell us how wrong we are for protesting and how wrong these players are for protesting injustices going on with their people. You got to be fucking kidding me. Shout out to Dale Hansen, sports broadcaster in the Dallas local area, guy who's been there for 50 years or so, well-known, award-winning guy, and a guy that just keeps it all too real. And he's a white guy, a white guy. And he just constantly rips into the fucking NFL and the hypocrisy of this shit. And it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And now Dak Prescott's in the middle of it because instead of him taking, I would have loved to seen Dak Prescott say, you know, I know what my is because it's one thing when a DB does it or a lineman does it. And by does it, I mean kneels or protests or stays in the locker room or whatever. Doesn't stand for the national anthem. But when Dak Prescott, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, does it, I'm, I find it very interesting what the Cowboys are going to do if he did that. I would find it very, very interesting. Instead, he takes the, he pleads the fifth, basically. He gives the overly political answer or what they want to hear. And he makes himself look like a fucking jackass. Come on, Dak. Come on, Dak. Come on, brother. Come back to me. Come back to us. Come back to us. All right. Come back to us. Unbelievable. Brothers and sisters. No Brothers and sisters. I don't know what this world is coming to. Fouls of the week. And uh, my foul of the week this week, I got two fouls of the week. Well, really, technically three. I already issued my first foul earlier to the Milwaukee Brewers fan base for that dumbass fucking standing ovation they gave Josh Hader. You know, Josh Hader basically goes out there and says, I hate gays, lesbians, and all kinds of shit. And then, hey, our hero, woohoo! Like, really? Really? That's what y'all gonna do? So that was the first foul this week. My second foul this week is to DeMar DeRozan. 
Now, obviously, you guys know DeMar DeRozan was traded for Kawhi Leonard. The Kawhi Leonard saga finally over. And real quickly, um, I, I don't know why so many people are saying that the Raptors won that trade. I, I at best, at best, it's an even trade. I think that, and I honestly think the Spurs actually won that trade. To me, Kawhi Leonard's never, I gotta believe it. And I know we said this last year with, 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 uh, you know, Paul George and Oklahoma City. I think this is a different situation. I think Oklahoma City, you know, Toronto doesn't have a Russell Westbrook. OKC does. You know, I, I think it's very, very different. Completely different. Completely different. And I find it hard to believe. You gotta, you, you're basically gonna have to prove to me this time next year, Kawhi Leonard's gonna stay in Toronto. I just don't see it. I don't see it. And if he doesn't stay in Toronto, then what was the point of this trade? If he's not going to resign there, then you basically gave up a guy who's been your your cornerstone. And I and they, and I'm not knocking Toronto for trading him. I'm not knocking them for trading him. They had to do something. They had to tear it up because they were not going to win with that team. The as 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 currently constituted, they were not going to win a championship with that team. And I don't think they're going to win a championship now. But I definitely don't think they're going to win a championship. And they had to do something different. And I don't blame them for making making the move. But they you can't tell me that they won this trade. The only way that they win this trade is if they if they're able to keep Kawhi Leonard long term. If they're able to sign him to a max contract and keep him in Toronto for the next four or five years. If they do that, then they win the trade. Then they won the trade. No arguments. No discussion. But if they don't, at best, it's an even trade. At worst. <laughs> San Antonio one. And I'm honestly going to tell you that I think San Antonio one. They got two years of DeMar DeRozan. You know. And guys go to San Antonio and tend to play better. Not 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 including LaMarcus Aldridge, but you know, hey, I think it was a I think it was a worthwhile gamble by both franchises. I think the Spurs had to get rid of him and I think Toronto had to make the trade. Now, I, I think it's too early to decide who won. But if you had to put a gun to my head and you asked me who won, I think the Spurs won. Honestly, they got Kawhi out of that locker room. I think almost by it's almost addition by subtraction in a lot of ways. And I think DeMar is going to be good for them. I think, you know, he's not as good as Kawhi Leonard. We know that. But they had to make that deal. And again, the only way Toronto wins this trade is if he if he resigns there. If he doesn't resign there, then what's the then I'm not gonna say what was the point of this trade, but you can't say that they won the trade. And they're not gonna win a championship next year anyway. So even if he stays there for one year and helps them win a championship, they're not gonna win. They're not gonna do that. They're not gonna win a championship. Now, my foul goes to DeMar DeRozan, because DeMar DeRozan basically is acting like, you know, his kids were kidnapped. Like, DeMar, I get it. You love Toronto. You were there for nine years. They drafted you. They gave you an opportunity. Uh, you know, I know that Masai Ujiri wasn't exactly, uh, you know, wasn't exactly telling and forthright in, in, in his, in his, in his, you know, plans to keep you or trade you, supposedly lied to you. I get all that. But I mean, dude, get over it. Get over it. Like, it's a trade. They didn't shoot your wife. They didn't kidnap your kids. They didn't steal money from you. Like, <laughs> like enough. Like, oh, my God. It was on and on about how hurt he was and depressed. And his relationship with you, Jerry, is never going to be the same. Enough. Jeez. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, bro. Like, you'll live. You're going to San Antonio. They didn't trade you to Siberia. Ah, my foul week to DeMar DeRozan. Like, I felt like he was going to write a fucking telenovela. Like, seriously, bro? Like, enough. 
And like, why did they trade us? Like, what, what do you mean? Why they traded you? You guys have been inept. You haven't been able to get out of the first. You haven't been able to beat LeBron. You haven't been able to get out of the Eastern Conference. Like, they had to do something. I mean, he just kept going on and on and on. And Jesus Christ. I mean, he just kept going on and on all last week about this trade and how hurt he was and, you know, how emotional it was to leave Toronto. And I get it. And I get it. I understand. But I mean, geez, it's DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan. The Edmonton Oilers traded Wayne Gretzky, who was a national icon in Toronto. The Oilers, they traded Wayne Gretzky. The Raptors are not supposed to trade DeMar DeRozan? Sheesh. Enough. God almighty. Like, oh my God. The dude is just making having a fucking emotional breakdown. He got traded. And it's not like they traded you to Siberia. It's not like they traded you to the Nets. They traded you to the Spurs. I'd rather be on the Spurs. To be honest, this was the same guy that got benched in crunch time of playoff games because he was terrible. So my foul, so my first, so my second foul of the week goes to Demar Derozan. Lighten the fuck up. You'll be okay. You'll live. You'll still. You're still making twenty eight million dollars a year, and you're on San Antonio with a with one of the five best coaches in the history of basketball. I think you'll be all right, Demar. I think you'll be okay. I, th- I think you'll live. You'll be all right. I'm sure you'll get over it. And then my final foul for this week, or for these next last two weeks, I should say. Um, I don't know if you. I mean, I don't know how many people were watching the Braves uh, Dodgers game on Saturday night, but so the Dodgers apparently. Like many teams, but apparently the Dodgers are one of the, the most infamous ones to do this. The Dodgers are one of the teams that, that kind of does their batting practice, you know, basically in kind of casual attire, basically. They don't really wear their uniforms. They kind of do it shorts, sneakers, whatever, whatever the attire may, may call for. They basically have no real set uniform for their batting practice. And I know some, some teams really do this. Other teams kind of just have their standard batting practice unis. Other teams kind of have a little bit more liberal, um, stance on the, the whole batting practice uniforms. And some teams can have shorts or t-shirts or whatever. So anyway. Apparently, uh, this angered and upset the Braves broadcasting team, specifically Joe Simpson, um, who went on a basically a six minute diatribe, basically just destroying the Dodgers team because how dare they be so unprofessional and not wear batting practice uniforms and, you know, that's not playing the game the right way and blah, blah, blah. You know, the old man, the old baseball man, get off my lawn shit, you know, that we've heard countless of other times. But this has been, the but this time, this was the most kind of just comical <laughs> a version of that. Like, this man is basically going on a six-minute rant about a uniform, about what guy not a, not uniforms worn during a game situation, but batting practice, batting practice. 
Like, who gives a flying fuck about uniforms and batting practice? But Joe Simpson is going on and on and on and how he played for the Dodgers organization and the Dodgers used to stand for something and yada yada and DDD and blah, 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 and on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Mind you, Joe Simpson played 50 games for the Dodgers. It's not like he spent eight years with the Dodgers. He spent... He played a total of like 50 games for the Dodgers. Now I get what he was saying. He came up as a Do- you know, he came up in the Dodgers organization, but whatever. 50 games, Joe. Okay. 50. <laughs> you didn't play five years for the Dodgers. You played 50 games in the big leagues. Anyway. Like, so this idea that you, you know, you know the Dodgers organization is, is it's a little misleading. But when it, but whatever. Be that as it may. Like, this dude just went on a fucking diatribe. Just berating the Dodgers. Chase Sutley, who, look, I, I, I never defend Chase Sutley. I can't stand the fucker. I, I, and I, and I'm counting the days so he finally fucking officially retires at the end of the year. I'm no Chase Sutley fan, as you guys know. But I mean, he's ripping Chase Sutley. Mind you, Chase Sutley's wearing a K for cancer shirt. You know, K to cancer shirt. One of those K to cancer shirts. So basically, you know, kick ass cancer shirt. Whatever. And he's wearing one of those shirts and he's ripping the guy. You know, I used to think Chase Sutley played the game the right way and blah, 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 and yada, yada, yada. The auto's out there on YouTube. You just Google it. You can hear it. <laughs> just, and then, uh, and then, of course, the wonderful Chip Carey, that guy, who's, oh, I just never liked. He always just seemed like a fucking dweeb. Every, you know, every team he called games for from when he started out with the Cubs to now with the Braves, extra homer, like extra, just extra, extra homer, real, just dweebish looking fucking guy. Like, I just never could stand Chip Carey. This was a guy that basically TBS couldn't wait to get the hell up out of there when he was doing national baseball games in 07 and 08. That's how bad he was. Just, they couldn't wait. They basically escorted him out of the building. That's how bad he was. You know, oh, you know, Chip Carey added, oh, well, you know, you would think Major League Baseball and all the money they spend, you know, making these batting practice uniforms and guys, you know, you know, these, you know, and players are not honoring and wearing those uniforms. How are, how are people supposed to tell who's who? Really, Chip? Really? It's, it's 2018. Some kid out there or some man out there or some lady out there is not going to know who Justin Turner is. When they could easily just Google who Justin Turner is and then, oh, that's Justin Turner. Oh, hey, yeah, that's Justin Turner. Or who Matt Kemp is. <laughs> or who Kike Hernandez is. Or who Yasiel Puig is. Like, really? That, that, that was your, that was your diatribe? They're not going to know who it is. Like, come the fuck on. Like, seriously? Don't you guys have bigger fish to fry? Like the Braves being in a pennant race, but you're worried about what the fucking Dodgers wear to batting practice? And this is the problem with baseball. This right here, this, this, this very instance, this dumbass rant is the problem with baseball. And then they wonder why they can't attract young fans and why, you know, when it comes to like pop culture and relevance, the NBA and the NFL have dwarfed the, the Major League Baseball. It's because shit like this, because old white men, oh, that's not how the game is to be played. You know, you have to be buttoned down and put your head down and respect the game and all this other dumb shit. Like, shut up. Shut the fuck up. Like, enough already with these stupid diatribes and rants about nothing the get off my lawn, don't tread on me arguments. Like, enough. 
And I can I can see if the Dodgers were wearing fucking, you know, Speedos or bikinis out there. Like, they were fucking wearing T-shirts and shorts. Who gives a shit? It's batting practice. It's batting practice. Oh, I, could, I couldn't believe that rant. And I didn't watch it live. I, you know, I just researched. I just happened to just, you know, put on USA Today, you know, USA Today Sports and... There it is. Dodgers announcer goes on a rant against a Dodger. You know, a Braves announcer goes on a rant against Dodgers, and I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. Like, really? This is what we're talking about in 2018. Baseball's got bigger shit to deal with right now. Bigger things to worry about. But we're worried about what a team wears or doesn't wear to batting practice. Batting practice. Come on now. So my foul, my third foul of the week goes to Joe Simpson and Chip Carey. They deserve it. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Anyways, that's it for this week, man. I'm going to get up out of here. I've ranted and raved uh, long enough. Um, I'm going to get up out of here. As always, you know, you guys know where to find this show. It's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, um, TuneIn Radio, anywhere where you can find podcasts for free, we're there. Um, follow us on social media, uh, the TF Podcast One on Twitter, the TF Podcast on Instagram, the Technical File Podcast on Facebook. Join the TFP Nation fan group. Um, you know, same deal as always. Um, I, I said it at the beginning of the podcast that I had a little bit of an announcement to make. Um, um, you guys knew for a couple weeks now, or a couple weeks, a few weeks back, actually, um, I announced that I was changing the name of the podcast. Um, you know, a few other shows had similar names, and I just kind of, and I felt like it was time for, you know, getting up, you know, getting close to being on the, you know, being a podcast for two years. I wanted to rebrand the show a little bit, um, change a little bit of the format, not too much. It's going to be still the same formula or similar. Um, but we're getting bigger. We're, we're getting better. We're getting more listeners by the week. So it felt like it was a good time to rebrand, to get bigger, to get better, um, to commemorate, you know, almost being two years on air, plus to change it up a little bit. Obviously, we have some some other podcasts with similar names. So to kind of not be derivative, uh, not taking shots at anybody, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, other podcasts have our name. So um, to kind of change that up and to eliminate some confusion, I uh, decided to change the name. And uh, after weeks of scouring different ideas, because I was going basically brain dead on ideas, um, I finally decided to just kind of keep it simple. Um, our fan group, obviously, like I said, was TFP Nation. So I already call the fans TFP Nation. So why not call the podcast TFP Nation? I know it's not pretty ingenious, but I figured just keep it simple. So it's still the same kind of aura of technical foul, but you know, without calling it technical foul, basically. So we're going to call it TFP Nation, the TFP Nation podcast. Um, keep it that name. I've got a new logo being drawn up, um, working on a website, um, kind of a different uh, hosting situation. So to kind of, you know, doing some housekeeping on that end of things for the podcast. But uh, just kind of wanted to announce you guys where we were at with that. So I have selected a name, TFP Nation. Everybody's been pretty receptive of it. Some people have just been like, ah, really? I named it TFP Nation. My wife wasn't too keen on the name, but whatever. She's like, whatever. Do what you want to do, baby. So uh, TFP Nation. I mean, if I think of something better, um, I'm not against it, but I think, 
I think TFP Nation works. Uh, why not, right? I think it works. Um, so we're going to stick with TFP Nation. And as far as format, I mean, it's still going to be the same. It's still me talking shit, but I'm going to have weekly guests. Um, while the current format is kind of having a rotating host, maybe sporadic guests here and there, uh, we're going to have guests lined up every week. So um, I already got a, a few guests lined up that that I have in mind that are that are that are going to be in keen, and we're going to have guests of all different you know persuasions. We're going to have you know obviously sports writers, sports you know in the sports field, but we're also going to have uh, movie critics. We're going to have guys that talk about hip hop. We're going to talk about you know, we're going to have some dead end guys, of course, uh, you know that that want to come on. So I already got a list of guests that I that. You know, I want to have on the show that I want to interview that I want to talk about. Obviously, the, the show will still be sports, but you know, I'm mixing a different flavor to it. But the sh- but the show, the format will still be for the most part the same. Me bringing the heat as always, just with guests every week, and um, every week will be a different guest depending on the news of that week or the theme of what I want to talk about with that guest. That'll dictate what the guest will be. So, you know, some weeks I want to talk about an NFL story. I have an NFL guest on, you know, baseball, baseball, guest, basketball. Some weeks may not be a, a specific topic that I want to focus on. I may have may have a guest that I want to talk about, about, a, you know, to do a review about a movie or a TV show, whatever. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to keep it in the sports vein. But, you know, we may branch out here and there, depending on the news. But um yeah, man, that, that's basically, that's basically it. It's going to be some changes. Um, I'm, uh, my boy is working on the uh, logo and the banners and all this stuff to change the name officially. And I got to go through the process of changing the RSS feed and all that and, uh, changing some things around and all that. So it's going to be a few weeks before the name officially takes place. And I'll announce it when it'll be finalized and going through officially so that you guys can kind of, um, be prepared and update yourselves and, and, um, you know, whatever. So I'll let you guys know when, when everything goes into effect, but yeah, man, changing the name. I feel like it's a good thing. I feel like it's a really good thing for us. I I really do. I feel like it's a really good thing for the podcast. Um, I'm proud of it. I'm happy with it. So, um, I I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, just wanted to keep you guys posted on that. Um, thank you for everybody that send, uh, sent over names. I had people DM me. I had people email me, um, different naming ideas. And I just want to thank everybody that, uh, that sent those in, man. I truly appreciate it. And as always, I just want to thank everybody that listens, man. At the end of the day, we could talk about rebranding and picking different names and choosing different names. But at the end of the day, we wouldn't be here as a podcast. We wouldn't be doing this for almost two years. Um, this show, um, if it wasn't for you guys. So, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I'm not to get too sappy, not to get all DeMar DeRozan like on y'all, <laughs> but, uh, um, I just, uh, I just want to thank everybody, man. Everybody that listens every week, um, whether you listen to every episode, whether you pick and choose or cherry pick episodes or, you know, if you're behind it, whatever, however your listening habits on everybody that listens to the podcast, man. Um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for supporting the show. Um, you know, without you guys, there is no podcast. So, um, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I truly mean it, man. Thank you. Um, but all right, enough with the sappiness, um, enough with the, the in-house news and all that. I'm going to get up out of here. I hope you guys enjoy your week. Um, it's been a heat wave throughout the country, so I hope you guys are staying cool. It's been hot as fucking Washington. Hopefully, hopefully, the weather will go down here soon enough. Still summer, but you know, more more close to 75, where, where I like it. Anytime it gets above 84, I'm I'm like, all right, bro, like this needs to stop. So it's been 90 for a few days in a row. It's been 80. It's been muggy the last basically this entire weekend was muggy. Today was muggy. So hopefully it rains. I, I hate that I can't even believe that I'm saying this, but hopefully it rains. Not a lot, but a little bit, so that 
you know, we can get some fresh air in here. But um, but yeah, man, uh, stay cool. Stay safe as always, man. I hope you guys have a happy and safe and blessed uh, rest of you guys this week. Uh, we will be back next week. No hiatuses, no vacations. We're here till the end of the year, hopefully. Uh, unless something comes up, you know, family emergency or whatever. Um, we're here for the rest of the year, man. Football season starting to, uh, to uh, you know, ramp up. The Jets finally decided to sign Sam Darnold. I, I almost gave him a foul, but, I, you know, they got it done today. If they hadn't gotten that shit done, like, I would have definitely, they would have been the only foul this week. The Jets fucking around with Sam Darnold about some fucking, you know, money, basically. Um, the Jets being cheap. The Jets picked the worst inopportune time to be cheap. They finally got a guy who has the potential to be their franchise quarterback, and they're basically playing hardball over a few many, a few million dollars. Yeah. So, but anyway, not to steer, you know, veer off the topic a little bit. Um, yeah, just sign Sandra. <laughs> so I'm happy about that. But yeah, man, um, hope you guys have a happy, safe, blessed week. We'll be here next week with another episode of the podcast. Um, you know, thank you for listening, man. Just, just thank you again. I'm uh, repeating my words here, but I'm just, I'm so thankful for everybody that listens, man. So yeah, man, I'm gonna get up out of here. <laughs> thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I am your host, Manny Fresh, and I am out. Peace. Serious.